Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. Okay, fantastic. So uh, here we are again, this Creative Life podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. And uh, as usual, I'm excited. I'm usually excited when I do these things. Um, But I'm particularly excited because I have um, the gorgeous artist Natalie Verius with me this week. And uh, Natalie has had an extraordinary, I would say, couple of couple of last weeks but she's been working towards this process and I think it would just be fantastic to hear a little bit about her journey as a young emerging Australian artist. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Felicity. That's absolutely my pleasure and I was very excited that we could line this up together. I know it took a bit of jiggling of calendars and (laughs) availability and, uh, you know, you're a busy girl these days. So, um, (laughs) I wanted to grab you this week because there has been so much happening for you this week. But I wanted to, has. yeah. But I wanted to step back first and and um, let people know a little bit about uh, where you came from, like you know that you where you studied, what you were thinking about um, in terms of a, a forward journey as an artist, and uh, just just take us back to that time. Left school, did a bit of art, and and tell us about you went to you do a fine arts degree then I think didn't you. That's right. So I studied art in high school and I really liked it, but I think I had this perception that studying art was just like my fun subject, my least serious subject. Mm. Um, Obviously, I pursued it very seriously in high school and I was enrolled in a different degree, went traveling for um, eight months. And on that travel, I was really thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. And Um, It turned out I really wanted to study more creatively, so I changed my degree to a double degree in fine arts and arts, and I majored in painting and film studies. Uh, I did that through um, COFA, which is now UNSW Art and Design and UNSW, Mm -hmm. and I absolutely loved the degree. Wow. So was it, was it, what what was it that you loved more, the the painting, the filmmaking or all of it? Um, I definitely enjoyed the film, um, part of my degree more as a study. I struggled at times with the way that the fine arts was, um, kind of set up and what they were actually testing us on, um, felt more conceptual than practical at times. Mm. Um, I mean, I was studying for Five years altogether I did um, a little bit of it part-time to work at the same time as studying so it's like a, it's a long time to be um, immersed in the kind of conceptual vibe of not really knowing exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. what you're doing and what you'll be testing tested on like sometimes you'd think that you'd done so well at something and you wouldn't get the marks and other times you throw something together and get great marks um, which could feel a bit counterintuitive to um, normal tertiary or university studies. Mm, totally different. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard this story from lots of artists actually that they end up sort of feeling that they're sort of 
lose a sense of direction as an artist through doing their degree because they're just kind of not, you know, everything kind of gets picked apart and pulled apart as exactly what you're saying. And, in fact, they can end yeah. up feeling more disconnected and unsure of themselves rather than, oh, so, yeah, more unsure rather than more certain about who they are as an artist. That sounds like that was... I agree. Right. It did. Um, I mean, the, the balance of having the film studies that was more practical, I definitely felt like even if I wasn't getting exactly what I wanted out of my fine arts degree, that it was only really tacking another year of study onto my existing degree. Mm-hmm. So it kind of opened me up to thinking, well, I'm studying more than one thing. I think that if I was just studying fine arts, I would have struggled so much more mm-hmm. because it would have put so much more pressure on the painting side of things. Um, but studying film, which was a little bit more um, collaborative and dare I say it a little more serious. Um, the people there were really there for tertiary study. Um, they were working a little bit harder than maybe my fine arts cohort. So I felt like I got more of a university uh, vibe from my fire um, from my film studies component of my degree. In saying that, I have absolutely no regrets for studying my fine arts component. Um, specific classes, specific teachers, specific people I met um, really opened me up and blew me away. So I wouldn't change it for the world. And I know that they have actually redone the um, curriculum for that course since I've in the two years since I've left. So it's probably quite different now as well. Okay, okay. And so when did you finish that degree? So I finished in 2015. So it's been, um, yeah, I'm into my second year out of uni. Um, coming out of uni, I launched straight into um, a NEIS program, NEIS, which is run through Mission Providence. Uh, essentially what happened was I had been told at uni about all this fabulous grants and things through the Australian, like uh, um, the Art Council of Australia, I think. And then it all got defunded by the government by the time I'd left uni. So I was kind of thinking, oh my God, how am I going to survive when these um, great opportunities are becoming less and less? So I actually applied as a business and got um, a kind of scholarship, I guess, to be funded as an art business. Wow, it's an art business. Okay, so you you, you yeah. went from a sort of a, a creative environment, intensely creative, into something mm-hmm. that was kind of into the um, other side of the brain, right? Which is logical business. Am I right? Sort of. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I had a, a mentor um, for a year, and I did my cert for in small business management. Um, and you know, it's really important as artists, I think, to see yourself as a business. So that um, was just such a solid foundation and um, obviously getting an allowance um, was also beyond helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, So that made my year um, a lot more free and liberated to spend time, for example, building a website um, and experiment with lots of other different business ventures like doing the markets, art classes, tutoring um, and some other things that I was involved with. Okay, so that sounds like a really rich year in terms of after following up from completing your degree, even though yeah. sort of in a different direction in some sense, but it sounded like it really consolidated a lot of other parts that you perhaps didn't get set, which normally wouldn't be, you know, within mm-hmm. doing a fine arts degree. I think there's 
I notice this a lot, you know, there's, there's next to nothing that helps people set up as a business, a creative business. So I think you're spot on, you know, that that's, we do as artists needs to, to be able to think about the business side of what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. Um, they, they're starting to. There, there was a subject called professional practice that mm-hmm. we did. Yep. And it was, it was helpful, but really it was the tip of the iceberg. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well done you. What a fantastic leap. Um, to go yeah, into that. I, I kind of felt it was like when the door is closed, like break yourself open a window. Like, nice. of course, I just had to try to see. And um, the only way that I got into that funding was to really sell myself as a business. And I was doing art classes and tutoring and markets and, um, you know, I had the online component. They were never going to accept me if I said, well, I'm just going to paint all day and see what happens. Right. Um and I, I spent a lot of time and work um, building up my business as a business for that course. Um, I had to do a complete business plan that was like 51 pages and study into assessments. So it wasn't just um, like um, free money. <laughs> mm. um, but I am just so grateful. My mentor, um, Jane Simmons, um, is absolutely incredible and really balanced me in not being too um, – airy fairy as some artists I think can be stereotyped to be Mm -hmm. so I was very lucky there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so she grounded you in in practical business skills and you you started sort of adding that into to the whole thing I'm, I'm also wondering about what you felt you went through sort of mentally or emotionally over that time that's an interesting question. Um, I felt very um, pumped up thinking of myself as a business and starting to call myself an artist, but I was also just so aware so suddenly how completely out of my depth I was, mm. um, especially in regards to things like finances, um, planning how much money I was going to make, tracking my expenditure. Um, it was kind of a, quite a vulnerable time for me actually because I was tracking everything and I had to be accountable every month to meet up and to discuss my figures. Um, it was a good kind of pressure only because my mentor was so um, accommodating um, to me. But basically I would – I would summarize that year as just saying scary. Wow, really? Okay. <laughs> Everything felt scary. And, um, you know, starting my first art classes, scary. Starting my first market, scary. Putting my website out there, scary. Um, but less so now, obviously. I've grown from that. Wow, that's fantastic and, and really interesting to hear. I mean, yeah, hashtag scary. It's, 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 <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's all scary. It's so scary and you're just kind of sitting there alone being fearful of things. Um, How did you get through that, Natalie? Because that's um, – I, I think you've just hit the nail on the head. You know, it, I feel personally that, that for pretty much all of us as creative people, uh, mm-hmm. we, we sit in fear almost constantly yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we need to be. We're kind of on the edge of creating, right, and, and that's, a, that's often a very unknown edge. We don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in so many ways, both in the, in the macrocosm and the microcosm of the moment at which we're making something. We don't necessarily know what the outcome is going to be. Yes. But we don't know what the outcome of our whole kind of big picture is necessarily going to be either. How did you get through that, that scary stuff? What helped you? Um, 
I, I think that I would summarize it by saying to reach out and there's probably like three components to that reach out. Um, the first is family and friends, like actually talking about the fact that you are scared um, is really, really powerful. So my dad was really good for, for me. Sometimes I would just call him and just say, oh, my gosh, I'm feeling so anxious today. And he would kind of just chat to me for five minutes and then I could go along. My friends as well, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second thing is to reach out professionally. So obviously I've enlisted your help with the coaching. I have I had the mentor for the business mm-hmm. and I also um, – you know, some of my other more personal issues I saw a psychologist for. And I think that that was really, really helpful to have like this kind of like professional team Mm. to, um, because I didn't minimize the fact that I was scared. I kind of owned up to that and was just like, I'm so scared right now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, kind of professional uh, people helping you out. And then the last one is um, books. Um, I mean, I read a lot and my friends always joke about how I'm literally always reading some kind of self-help book. Um, (laughs) But people have gone before who really like, they know what they're doing. And I'm thinking of people like, you know, obviously Julie Cameron is fantastic with The Artist Way, Elizabeth Gilbert with her book Big Magic. And then the other one um, which comes to mind is Stephen R. Covey's um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And um, so in times when I was feeling uh, a bit uh, like a lot of trepidation, let's say, I would kind of pull open these books that were kind of like familiar friends and be like, okay, this is where they talked about this. And um, that would really, really help me when I was feeling scared. Even so many good YouTube videos now, like Marie Folio, um, just type in what I'm feeling and let the advice roll. That's fantastic. What a beautiful um, template, I think, for other people. Thinking yep. about, okay, here I am in the midst of trepidation, fear, um, terror even, or just generally scared. Yep. Your formula sounds superb, which is reach out, family and friends, professionals, and then resources, you know, be that YouTube, yes. books, whatever. I think that's a gorgeous uh, recipe for success. And you know, what I, I'm really interested to hear you talk about that because – I, you know, having kind of been alongside you and, and, and watching, particularly in the last 12 months of, of what you've been, you know, moving through, um, mm-hmm. what I noticed is, of course, and why I wanted to get you on particularly this week, is the recent success that you've had. I mm-hmm. know that didn't come out of the blue. And this is the thing. Yes. You know, artists suddenly see other artists, I think, at times and go, wow, they just won a $5,000 prize. But yep. they don't necessarily know anything of the story that led up to that moment of success. So you've had some significant success uh, in the last couple of weeks and I think what's great about talking to you today about that is people will get a sense of that wasn't out of the blue. You've worked damn hard both on your mindset, your psychology, your education of yourself mm-hmm. and the world and the process. You've also been working, of course, away um, at your art in, in the midst of all of that. And, yep. and so when we look at you in the last week or so and we say, wow, Natalie, Natalie Various, she's a hot new emerging artist, look at her go. <laughs> you know, you've, you've worked damn hard to achieve that. Yes, yeah, and hopefully um, not just hard but smart. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah. yeah. Tell us about 
the recent successes. Uh, there's Vogue magazine, there's the recent Emerging Artist Prize uh, through the Gosford Regional Gallery that you won um, just last week. T- tell us about those things. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely on a high right now and it feels really good because I've never been able to contextualize my art practice with a high. It's actually been um, kind of like this long, continuous slog <laughs> mm-hmm. and now I'm at some form of a peak and it feels really, really good. Um, I guess what comes to mind for me is Steve Jobs did this amazing speech at um, some kind of a graduation and he was saying that when you look back it's really easy to connect the dots and see how everything um, joins together to form like success but at the time you have to believe that the dots are going to join up Mm. So I actually can really see in the space of about a month how um, one thing led to another. So I guess I can start at the beginning um, by just saying I was a bit lost and especially living on the Central Coast, I felt very isolated and ostracized um, from kind of what was happening in Sydney and where I'd been to university. Um, For anyone who's listening has no idea where that is, it's about an hour and a half north of Sydney. So it's close enough but also feels quite far. And um, so I created a group on Facebook um, called the Young Artists of the Central Coast with the aim to make a group exhibition. Um, And this did come together and it formed a really nice exhibition and we met up for drinks a few times. Um, Then I was interviewed on another podcast about that, which was exciting. Then that show actually went, uh, we had it on for a month through um, the Ruby Samadhi Gallery with Simone Dennis. Um, And that just got me on a real high, just showing my work, being around other people and feeling like I was actually back in control and like actually making something instead of sitting around and complaining and feeling like, woe is me, nothing's happening, nothing's around. And I just think that moment of actually taking that little bit of control um, kind of changed everything for me. Um, that then um, was featured in the newspaper um, and that came from my mentor um, who during a course on kind of media and marketing was telling us about how to contact newspapers and, you know, get that foot in the door that way. I never even would have considered contacting a newspaper if I hadn't done my course, for example. Mm. So that's, you know, dots joining together. Um, that was a huge high for me being in a local newspaper and obviously my family and friends were super proud of me and it creates this like lovely discussion. Um, so that was the one like high. Then being in Vogue was really exciting, um, which was through networking. But once again, I don't know if my name was on their mind because I'd just been in the newspaper and it had come up on Facebook and things like that. So that's another like kind of snowball effect. Um, The interview, actually doing the interview for Vogue was my favorite part. It wasn't even being featured in obviously what is a very prestigious um, publication and being on their website. It was actually the questions that they asked me and me thinking of myself as an artist. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That really like it grew me. 
And in that time, I'd actually already been accepted for this emerging exhibition. So I'm just backtracking a little bit. My chronology is slightly off. No, you're doing well. <laughs> um, but the group that I made on Facebook of this um, artist, like young artists of the Central Coast, I felt like I should be um, ha- like setting a bit of an example. And I was constantly posting, you know, different prizes and awards that were going up. And so I, I put a post up there that said basically, oh, I'm um, applying for this emerging exhibition. Other people should as well. Um, My logic is that even though I'm not as prepared as what I would love to be, um, when I apply in the future, they'll be like, wow, this this girl has, you know, she's persistent. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was posting it there to be like, don't worry, guys, just, just go for it, even though I felt like, I wasn't prepared and then that's the exhibition that I was then accepted for and ended up winning so it kind of came out of this um weird sequence of events where I hadn't necessarily trusted myself enough to just go out and do certain things but in the context that I'd set up it felt natural and it happened organically. Such a great story. And, you know, I'm just going to intervene here to say the Emerging Artist Prize that you won mm-hmm. uh, through the Gosford Regional Gallery, that was a $5,000 prize, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I mean, that's a substantial amount of money, especially for an emerging artist, you know. Absolutely. And, and I know you're working part-time to support yourself and you've moved back mm-hmm. to Sydney, so you're paying rent and you're paying for art materials and, you you know, you um, to suddenly find yourself with $5,000 in the bank, that has been earned through your art practice and persistence. I think, yes. I mean, that must just feel amazing. It does. It actually feels um, very surreal um, and I think – the hard the hard part about being an artist is that like you you work very um, diligently and then in the case of prizes it it has to feel like a bonus you can't expect it yes even though you almost dare to yes <laughs> um I I saw it almost especially with the caliber of the work um that I was immersed in in the exhibition I felt like it was a little bit of a a, a lottery Um, that's how I had to think about it um, coming up to the opening day when I felt a bit nervous um, because everyone was so talented that I felt like I'm I've worked hard to put myself in a one out of eight situation Obviously, it doesn't compute exactly like that, and I feel like I did um, create a really wonderful, cohesive body of work. And I don't want to diminish that, but what I'm saying is, it felt um, good to know that the all the work that I could do and everything that was in my control was just showing up, right, and that right. showing up was eighty percent of everything I had to do. <laughs> That's so That's interesting. Cool. That's exactly the equation that I always use um, for other artists that I coach and, and speak to and for myself, uh, it's an 80, I put it down to an 80-20 ratio, mm-hmm. that, that it is 80% action and turning up. Yeah. And it's, it's 20% inspiration, reflection, etc. Yeah. And may I just say as well that even within that 80% of showing up, 
you know how much I needed to reach out to people in the group, for example, in the Artist Way group, even just going to the interview that I had after I'd applied, even in the week before I was considering pulling out because I just felt like nothing I had was good enough. And I would put in posts and people would be like, no, keep going, you know. (laughs) So the amount of times that I nearly um, pulled out out of fear um, is really interesting for me to reflect on now. Yeah, yeah, I bet it is. And, and just to explain, Natalie has been um, a wonderful program participant uh, of my uh, online program, The Artist's Way, where we follow Julia Cameron's just beautiful uh, mm. inspirational guidance about dealing with our creative blocks and fear is going to be at the seat of pretty much all of those creative blocks, I would suggest. And, you know, I know that you... You certainly were reaching out again um, within the safety of the community that was doing the program. Yes, um, and you're still finishing that together. You know, we're all still just in the in the end phase of, of doing that 12 week program together. And um, I, you know, again, just just uh, full credit to you. You, despite the fear, you still reached out. You still took action. And I think this is why I was really keen to kind of chat to you because it's, you, your story is such a great reminder of the rewards, in fact, that doing those things has has brought to you. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, go on. There, I think that the reward, um, yes, the cash is incredible and um, very um, timely for me and, you know, I'm very excited about it, but the reward of being in a gallery space and how much I learned in that time, I had literally decided to myself that I had won, you know, so much because I'd grown so much in that month that the cash was like the cherry on the top, but it wasn't the be all and the end all because the value that I got out of being in that show actually to me is immeasurable. Like the amount that I would have paid to have that experience should I have had enough money to pay for it, is more than what I got. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's that's not, fantastic. It's not a perfect computation of, okay, I was in there and I won $5,000. I actually got so much more by showing up mm. and I would have learnt just as much by not winning mm. um, potentially, um, except I got the extra prize of having a little bit more faith in myself. Right. <laughs> or a lot more faith in myself. I, I hope so okay. because you, you, you deserve it and we haven't spoken in depth about um, the actual work but mm-hmm. uh, if people have a chance or in the in the area of the New South Wales Central Coast and they can get to the Gosford Regional Gallery, um, mm-hmm. they can have a look because it really is worth a visit. I, I thought it was an outstanding piece and a certainly well-deserved uh, win. Can, do you want to tell us just, just briefly a little bit about the actual work so you can give people an idea of, of the nature of you know what inspired you what really makes you hungry as an artist and why you did what you did I maybe, love maybe, maybe there's a sorry there was a bit of a pun in the hunger wasn't there given what <laughs> yes yes so that a uh, good one <laughs> accidental sorry <laughs> um so I think I just kind of preface it by saying that I have been in a debacle through a lot of the work that I've been doing with Felicity and within groups over the years about my style and what I'm painting and why I'm an artist. And I felt quite sure that I wanted to be an artist because of 
I'm capable of doing other things and they felt like they could be <laughs> a lot easier to do at times. Yes. Um, and I, I really was thinking about what kind of work I wanted to be doing. And it, it, this exhibition was really, I was thinking about the gallery as um, an actual art gallery instead of trying to sell my art as an object. Um, it's, thin line between um, beautiful aesthetic art pieces and um, conceptual art and I think both have their place and I think both are incredibly important but I found myself especially through the business side of things um, only painting works with the mind as to how they would sell and where they would be and oh I'll paint this in these colors because they might look really beautiful in a child's room does that make sense? Mm. So I was kind of like um, censoring myself maybe or just trying to push myself, my art into a place where I thought it would make money. Um, when this emerging exhibition came up, I actually had to write a proposal and I came back to some works that I'd started conceptualizing at university, um, which I'll just also say that this was met by a lot of um, – disregard for my idea by um the lecturers that I had at the time who believed that painting wasn't the proper medium to um convey the ideas that I had so now I'll go into the idea of the artwork which is that I'm I would consider myself a pretty passionate but not crazy environmentalist um I'm very into sustainability and um, part of what how I think about sustainability is through our role as consumers and I was really interested in meat consumption for some reason at the time I had kind of narrowed that down into chicken consumption with the intention of doing a series about chicken consumption a series about plastic consumption a series about do you know what I mean so it would be more varied in the long run yeah and these works that I had were about the scale of which we consume that we think it's always just one item but as a whole it becomes much bigger than that so with the chicken consumption in Australia we consume 551 million chickens per year um it is massive, so um, more than half a billion chickens. And then I was thinking about the roast chicken, which we cook in about an hour, and then how many chickens are actually killed in that hour on like a running 24-hour scale. So when I worked it out mathematically, it was about 62,800 chickens, and I gridded up this massive canvas into that amount of spaces and then painted the chicken with tiny hand-painted dots um, so that from far away, it just looked like a chicken. But when you got closer to it and when you started to want to know more, you were kind of exposed to the truth, which was that it was on a huge scale. Mm. So I grew that into one with the dots. I do, did another one, which was a little bit more hazy with lines and stippled varnish, um, which was actually something I only thought about about three weeks before the exhibition which took me a very long panicked time. Um, then I made some video works, which were basically um, paradoxical video loops of me eating and cutting um, a chicken, which I ate over one hour. So that motif of time continued um, of the one hour. 
And then that was quite difficult for me to do and I had a lot of technical challenges, but I think it really actually drew on the paintings and um, strengthened them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also grew a lot by collaborating with a fantastic cameraman, Tom Gilligan, who helped me out with that from who I knew from uni. So networking once again. Awesome was fantastic and then the last element was an installation which was um, an oven that when you approach the artworks um, it had a sensor and the lights came on to show kind of found objects in the oven so I was really happy with how it came together Um, and I felt like it was quite strong but also that it was quite subtle I didn't want it to be guilt-inducing. I didn't want it to be too emotional. I didn't want it. I kind of wanted you to look at it and need to continue to explore it. And then I actually wanted people to think about it four days later. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, And why, why was that important to you? I think it's important to me because I appreciate the type of art and music and film that appeals to your logic and that isn't too showy. Um, you know, there is something to be said for hard hitting art, um, but subtlety is its own skill. And I just felt very comfortable in that more subtle world. I think, especially in today's society, we're constantly dealing with binaries. You think exactly this, or you think exactly this, and they're always opposing. Mm. Even afterwards when I went out for um, with my friends to celebrate my win, I was talking to somebody who was a farmer and they were saying that whenever they try and speak to activists, it's like nobody's going to agree so nobody learns anything. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas kind of being a bit more reasonable and a little bit more in the middle I think is a very important type of dialogue. So I I really think about things um, a lot. Um, I mean, there was more thought that went into this work than action, but in a positive way, I think. Well, I think it definitely shows in the work. Um, And to me, it's like it's had a huge amount of thought behind it, but she distilled it down into the most um, powerful way where the message is is complex but the experience is simple. Mm, yeah, I like that. Um, and I, I think it had an enormous amount of skill to it. It's sort of in your face, as you say, like the, the, the confrontation I felt about the numbers, um, you know, the consumption numbers. Um, mm-hmm. It was confronting and I and yet I could sit, you know, within the observation space of looking at that without feeling um, distressed. And yes. just, just to let you know from my personal experience, I certainly was thinking about it four days later. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in fact, I probably thought about it even more than four days later as well because um, it really was it was fantastic. And as I said, I honestly felt that was a, it was a standout piece. Uh, it is a great exhibition. There are some great emerging artists no doubt in it there definitely is but it's a standout piece and congratulations again for achieving something like that for pushing through to get your art to that level to have it sitting there in Mm. beautiful regional gallery that that oh stunning gallery yeah and and it just it's it you know you it certainly has 
sort of placed you at a point of you know being recognized as an emerging artist of some note right there and then and you you deserve all of that Natalie it's it's fantastic to see Mm -hmm. Um, how long is the exhibition on for so it's it's a seven-week exhibition which is such an amazing amount of time to have that kind of coverage um so it it ends on the 21st of may if i'm not mistaken but i would suggest for you to just um search the gallery website if you're unsure yeah that's awesome and what about searching you how would people find out more um like what are your social platforms do you have you know can you give us out your website address absolutely yeah so um everything is just my name which is natalie various um would you like me to spell it? <laughs> That's okay. We'll put that in the show notes. Okay. We'll be able to find that. Yeah, thanks. Um, so the, the the website hasn't been updated with the new work yet, but um, definitely website, Instagram are the two best places that I would love to direct people. Yeah, fantastic. And I, it's worth noting that I do have quite a bit of behind the scenes that's going to come up on Instagram over the time of the exhibition. Oh, right. So being able to, for example, see time lapses of me painting all of the tiny dots and um, the little snippets of the video because each video was 60 minutes. So um, I might have like a few little highlights on my Instagram. Oh, that's fantastic. I think that in itself can be such a creative process, the documentation of what we're doing. Um, yes. I think I'm thinking a lot about this myself in my own process and, um, you know, I think documenting is really, really rich for us because it gives us a, a diary, doesn't it, a history to look like you've got that now. As you progress yes. as an artist, you've got that documented, the journey, the story, etc. And I think that's fantastic just for you but um, but also for for people to kind of connect to you. And good good for you. I love the sound of how you're using those social platforms really creatively mm. you know, as well. Yeah, awesome extension of, of what you're doing. Yes, and it, it can be really motivating as well um, if you do it right. So um, I hope to keep the consistency there oh yes well i'll I'll make sure that that happens natalie (laughs) (laughs) keep me accountable felicity i will i'll be the one with the stick poking you in the back (laughs) (laughs) oh look that's brilliant so people can definitely track you uh find out what you're up to next through uh instagram and your website um instagram's fantastic for artists i know i bang on about this all the time but i really it is absolutely by far my favorite platform um for artists and um I'm, I'm you know your feed is great and it's great to see you using it so creatively as well so we mm. can track what is coming up we can track a little bit about your documentation of, of the current experience mm-hmm. um anything else you want to add i think this has been great it's been awesome to chat to you and um i've really really enjoyed it is there anything you want to add and um, particularly i suppose i'm thinking about any advice for some of our young emerging artists uh anything any one piece of advice you'd give them Yes, my one piece of advice, I'm just going to steal straight from Stephen R. Covey. Mm -hmm. Go for it. (laughs) And I've posted it before and it says that um, private victories precede public victories. And it's it's like it's just so bang on. And really what it's trying to say is that um, success externally starts internally and I feel like I've <laughs> been working on myself in a lot of ways and I don't want this to come across badly but it's, it's almost like 
you become more of like a well-oiled machine that can do the things that you actually want to do. And that's keeping, um, you know, your health up to scratch. It's about keeping your mind really hungry and well-read. Um, it's about maintaining good social circles as well and supportive networks. Um, it's about being easy on yourself instead of berating yourself constantly, which is mm. one of my biggest challenges. Um you know, go out and read all the books, read Brene Brown, listen to TED Talks and don't feel like that time is being wasted because if you work on yourself, um, I mean, how else are you going to get anywhere? I don't, I don't know. It's just so that quote for me, I feel like the last two years I've kind of almost been underground just trying to be a better person and be a better human and then from there be a better artist instead of waiting for everything else to fall into place when I started selling my art. Um, and I am a lot happier from that. And I think I'm a bit more pleasant to be around. Now I have that foundation. Um, I feel like then the other stuff will flow from that. So work on yourself and don't feel like it's a waste of time. Oh, that is superb wisdom. And, um, you know, for someone at, at your age, in your 20s and, you know, your level of experience, what a, what a depth you have, what a beautiful um, insight and wisdom you, you have and there's no doubt that that's going to set you in good stead for massive success on all levels, I would think. Uh, you're one to watch, as they say. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and, I, of course, I mean, that just resonates exactly with, with what I believe and what I yes. see and what I live in terms mm -hmm. of working on one's mindset. Um, it, it has to start there. It ha simply has to because how you feel about yourself is going to influence all the choices that you make. Um, yes. And you, you've been a fantastic and ongoing work of art yourself in that way, as we all are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Natalie, it's been absolutely awesome to chat to you. I really appreciate your time and your willingness to share uh, with us such, you know, depth of your personal experience. I hope that that's been inspiring um, for many people that are listening in. It certainly has been for me to connect and uh, connect the dots, as you say, or as Steve mm -hmm. Jobs said, and, and to look back yeah. and to, you know, believe, believe that there is a purpose and a reason that, that these dots are being, you know, connected and how it all works together. It's great. Um, thanks again. And, look, we look forward to watching where you go from now. Thank you for being uh, with us on the podcast, This Creative Life. You can follow uh, Natalie in the ways that we've suggested. You can also follow me uh, on YouTube, uh, on Instagram, on my website, uh, and you can get in touch with us lots of ways uh, in that way. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, and we look forward to speaking to you perhaps in another 12 months or so and hearing what's happened next, Natalie. Thank you. Fantastic. I would love to do that too. Awesome. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com, and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From The Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.